0: You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Broken records, the albums you wouldn't shut up about. Broken records, the music our guests can't live without. Like Judy, Barbara, Liza, Bette, Betty, Audra, Bernadette. We broadcast this podcast with hopes that someday we might... Welcome to Ben Remmelauer's Broken Records on Broadway World. I'm Ben Remmelauer, and I'm here with my lovely, fucking, sexy, ass, yummy, gay, was Daniel Nolan. Hey, y'all. <laughs> Today's guest is iconic stage and stream star <laughs> Nathan Lee Graham. Nathan Lee Graham is fam- familiar to television audiences for his eminently memorable roles on such series such series? Is- series as The Comeback Ellie to Vegas Absolutely Fabulous and the newest CW hit Katie Keene and of course he was unforgettable as Todd in the camp classic Zoolander on Broadway <laughs> on Broadway Nathan created the roles of Misunderstanding and Priscilla Queen of the Desert and Phil Darmano in The Wild Party Uptown is looking more like downtown, which is looking more like Uptown <laughs> He doesn't know the song, day. so he's doing a bad Ben hour impression.
1: The brothers' dark man will have a ticklish treat A delightful little ditty with a hot new beat. Uptown is looking more like downtown, which is looking more like Uptown every day. Black folks are sounding more like white folks who are sounding more like black folks in every way. And E.B. Whitecott, but with Ethel Waters So while Langston Hughes pretends he's one of Mrs. Astor's daughters Ha! Uptown is looking more like downtown Which is looking more like Uptown every day Nathan
0: is coming to chat about Lena Horne, the lady and her music The live recording of her long-running autobiographical theatrical concert on Broadway Here we go my Uncle Mitchell gave me a DVD of it, and I'm obsessed. It's so great. She's so great. Okay. That was a failed experiment. <gasps> Keep, what are you doing? It's rolling. Calm down. It's still rolling. We didn't want to do it all again. I oh, was, I know. I said it was failed. I didn't say we needed <laughs> to fix it. <laughs> Just because it's failed doesn't mean we're doing more work. If I corrected every failure, you think I'd be... Was that your elbow? No. Oh, what did I knock? Mm-hmm. Don't knock until you've tried <laughs> something it. hard. Um, well, okay, so let's, let's, let's go in deep. First of all, let's talk about Nathan, because we think he should be MAME, as we tell him on the pod, the interview, which we haven't done yet, but we will do. Um, You just have a way of knowing things. Um, but, speaking of that, you've, you've been continuing on your MAME journey, Yes, I have. Thank you for reminding me. Yeah, so tell me about that. Get to fill me in. Well, um, I have just been, like, so into MAME. I've been um, spending some time uh, traveling uh, for work stuff where I've just been basically sp- had mm-hmm. hours and hours and hours alone to myself mm-hmm. on the road. And sometimes uh, without uh heaven for fend T V. Um, so I've done it's been wonderful for me because I've done a lot of reading um and uh writing and that kind of stuff, you know, like mm-hmm. like people did back in the days with day. television. Yeah. Um, and listening to music. Mm-hmm. Um but uh one of the things that I read, as I mentioned, was the novel anti mame, right? Which I got so into, I think maybe kind of like being lonely on the road away from mm-hmm. Daniel, mm-hmm. you know, um it I feel very at home like in when I'm like lost in the world of um anti mame mm-hmm. that Patrick Dennis created yeah. so vividly. Um and I feel like Mame and Vera and Gooch. um and Patrick, you know, I feel like they're my friends. They're like my family. Um and I continue to feel that way, not only uh reading Auntie Mame, but reading the sequel to it around the world with Auntie Mame mm. and then reading um the uh, Well, I read a biography, a wonderful biography by Eric Myers about Patrick Dennis mm-hmm. called Uncle Mame, and I read this oh, really? book Uncle Mame? called Uncle Mame, this book called But Darling, I'm Your Auntie Mame that chats the um, history of the character through the different incarnations. Charts the history? Charts the history. <laughs> well, it chats it to me. we I now. feel alone when I'm reading it, so it's chatting to me. Um and uh, now I'm reading the script of the musical. And <laughs> just really I want ahead. to read the play, but that didn't come in the mail yet. I actually had a, a copy of the musical and a copy of the play. But they're both... Um used. And the copy I had of the play, they both have, like, weird, funny, like, handwritten notes in wow. them. commentary. Like, the one from the musical is really, like, uh, like, they deleted the word lesbian. Deleted. They crossed out the word <laughs> lesbian. And, like, they changed the word bastard to buzzard. And, like, all these what? weird little, like, edit like censorship That's things. So weird. And, um... I'll okay, kill you, buzzard-trying to. get But, even, at least you can see what's underneath. The other one has, like, 20 or 30 pages ripped out. Like, I think they might have been, like, just like running that scene and they were like, ah, oh, fuck this book. I'm never going to like sell it to a user I just need these signs. Yeah, exactly. Or maybe they fell out. Um, so anyway, my copy is like grossly incomplete. But, uh, but I'm fascinated by how the thing was. And I've also been like watching and rewatching both the movie Vanty uh, Mame with Ross Russell. Oh, that one, yeah. That and one. Uh, the musical. Re-watching well, no, musical? I only watched Lucy once. But I sat through the whole thing once, which is more than I can say for anyone else More ever. than I can say for me. But the Ross um, Russell movie is so good. Oh, fabulous to watch so and rewatch. Good. But it's interesting because the screenplay was written by Comden and Green. Really? So it, it is oh my God. probably out of legal necessity, if nothing else, it's rather different from uh, the play. Yeah. Um, That's, oh, I didn't know that. That's crazy. Uh, but Fair. also not that different. But um, anyway, I'm just so into all of it. Um, and I just love to go be in that world. And I've been listening to so much meme, which I, there's not that much meme to listen to because there's the original cast album right. and then there's the Worthless movie soundtrack, as, as I was telling Daniel. I mean, even though it's great to have... Another recording of B and another recording of Jane Connell and Robert Preston is you know mm. as good a Beauregard as ever, if not the best ever, maybe the best ever. He gets that song "Loving You," which is very pretty. Mm. But Lucy's worse than she seems. Like when you watch <laughs> the movie, you're like, "God, she's terrible." But like it's still Lucy, and like you don't love it, but like you it, it, you can it's sort familiar. of like the movie is worse than she is in it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you, but like I've had it on my playlist now and like something'll come up of her being like light the candle get the ice out <laughs> roll the rug up It's today Like it makes you wanna just like kill yourself. Which is really <laughs> which sad is because the most of name is today. the opposite. And There's um a thank you, you can give But mine. I've gone way deeper than that. I've gone into like I'm getting into all these like Curb Albert, Tijuana Brass, Louis Armstrong, oh Liberace, Regis oh, wow. Philbin, anybody singing the title song. And of course, Edie Gourmet and everybody and their mother singing If You Walked Into My Life. Right, right. And um, I mean, I'm sure Marilyn's on there a lot. I just love it. And um, I just want all Mame all the time. It's just making me so happy. Mm. And I'm really appreciating songs in Mame I never cared for before. Such like as. Like, well, I always hated That's How Young I Feel. Mm. And now, like, I'm like, I have a feeling that time is halted. I'm craving (laughs) that chocolate malted. You're putting it in your show. (laughs) Putting it in my show. But no, but the one I'm really into now, which I wasn't that into before, is Open a New Window. Yes. And uh I still see why I was mad at it because I feel like it's a little bit... It's a little like... it feels very like Rodgers and Hammerstein at their worst, Is like it, *Sound of Music*. It feels much more *Sound of Music* like than with *The Min. Kids*. Like, yeah, it yeah. feels like super like raindrops on roses and yeah, whiskers totally. on. It's kittens. like what Marilyn May describes like marching around the breakfast table music. It's very <laughs> marching around the breakfast table, and it's so not Roz Russell. Right. And like I, I, it's so like why I'm like. You know, it, it feels like not even Mary Poppins, but like Bed Knobs and Broomstick <laughs> right. appropriately so. Right, right. But, um, it's very that. But, uh, but I still just kind of love you it. You have to. And I um, mean, it's that Jerry Herman. And like also song. very, like, in that. Place that I don't like is like, we need a little Christmas. Although, of course, you have to give it to him because he wrote a fucking like Christmas, Christmas standard. Yes, like, may yes. the Lord smite I mean, us all with such a fate. You every know? year, Angela Lansbury is played on like mainstream radio. You <laughs> yeah, can't like, you know, you it. can't complain. But like, you don't necessarily like want to listen to it. Right, sure. But like, I, I kind of want to listen to it. I mean, listen, we just saw, I mean, I know we're not done talking about this, but we just saw Mac and Mabel. I really love the, like, instrumental versions that are, like, It's really, like, you can, like, forget it's a Christmas song for a minute and just let it, like, tug at your, like, Hebrew soul. Yeah, (laughs) totally. Um, But, you know, we just saw uh, Mac and Mabel at City Center. Yeah, we did. And it really is, I mean, we knew this, but it really did hit home to me just how... Jerry Herman musicals. There's a real template to <laughs> a little them. too much of a template, <laughs> a little too much. But it's like although you're... we saw how I've always thought that listening to Mac and Mabel, a track that I probably listened to least of all was when Mabel comes into the room. Yes, but and, that's very like the Hello Dolly. Well, no, exactly. And I was like so like fucking come on, Jerry. I mean, it's so it ain't the moment, it's not the time or the right, place. Right, you know. And but seeing the show, you're not mad at that song. Like not you're song. pretty happy when that it's, song it's, happens. It's the it's the doll. It's the second act. Hello, Dolly! Number or main. But like, or... but not in a badly formulated no, way. Like in, bad, but... in the show, it actually works. Like yeah. what doesn't work for me in the show is the fact that we spend an awful lot of time. And maybe it worked better when it was Robert Preston. No offense to Doug Sills who was great right. but maybe when it's Robert Preston and you're just like so fucking happy to like see him do anything mm-hmm. and like you know you kind of wish you were still at the music man so you'll take right, it right. but like the songs he sings and okay about, like, so he sings movies were movies where he's like this is what used to be great about movies this is like what was right, great right. then the rest of the plot is moving along and he's like oh, Roman also- numeral one about what makes my kind of movies great <laughs> right. is that they have laughs right? and then he has another song that's you know, like, Roman numeral two, powerful and thing. it's about, gonna, like, fill them with hundreds of girls. And then there's Roman numeral three, when he sings, which is, by the way, surprise they got away with this, like, every time a cop falls down, my heart leaps up, heart right. leaps up. Heart leaps up. <laughs> I, this reminds me of Nancy Anderson, who's, by the way, so wonderful in Charles Bush's play, mm. um... Uh, the What is it? The Confessions of... Lily Dare, the, yeah. The which we talk about, about before Drew Drogi episode. Listen yes. Uh, but, uh, but Nancy, when there was a scene that was cut from a class act. Here's a little mm-hmm. musical theater trivia. Oh. Cut in previews off-Broadway, I think. Um, which was right before the Act One finale, which was when Ed Kleban is writing uh, additional material out of town for the musical Irene, starring Debbie Reynolds. Ooh, Although they didn't... No, I think they did identify it as that. Yeah. Um, and I think he gets fired, actually, which is why I think Wally Harper went on mm-hmm, to write mm-hmm. songs. But anyway, he's writing stuff, and um, there was a scene that was cut from... So the, when he's having a hard time on that production, mm-hmm. uh, then his best friend Sophie, played by Randy Graff, has come to visit him in Toronto, which is, I think, where they're supposedly trying out, out of town. And she sings this great Cleveland song, um, Follow Your Star, mm-hmm. to inspire him. It's the end of Act One. But there was a scene that came before that in uh, the... Maybe it was always in the show. No, I feel like it was cut. But where he, we supposedly saw him working on this show with this nightmare star, and Nancy Anderson got to play that Debbie Reynolds character. Uh-huh. But she didn't do a Debbie Reynolds impression, at least I don't think. But I just remember the character who was supposed to be b- based on John Gilgood, the troubled director mm-hmm. of the show, was named Nick. Mm-hmm. And so they were rehearsing a number, and Nancy, as this Debbie Reynolds character, had to stop it and be like, Nick! We can't work like that. <laughs> and she didn't say the consonants at the end of the words. I don't know why, but it was yeah, or, so uh, fucking funny. Yeah, I'll never stop thinking uh, about it. That's really funny. It was so fucking brilliant. She's so funny and talented. But she was like, Nick, we can't work like that. <laughs> it was so good! <laughs> anyway, that's what I just was channeling Wait, unintentionally. Where What are we What are we talking about? How did oh, we... so Mame. Okay. So I was saying... Uh, the when oh well you can't say but every time a cop falls down it hardly hardly leaps up hardly it's up I'm but Hartley that's what's you know. so crazy because that to me is no question what's wrong with Mac and Mabel people like to say well you don't care about him or you don't care about her or, you don't care about them in the end or whatever right but like or it was too dark for a Jerry Herman musical it's not a or it was too old fashioned for, to for the time period but no what's wrong with it is that this lead character. Has a good opening number that sets up who he is. I want to make the world... Le- or Movies Were Movies. Right. Oh, excuse me, I forgot. Movies Were Movies, and then... But but yeah. but then he has three more songs that are not about the story of the show. But Movies Were Movies just... doesn't happen until, like, like, 10, 15 minutes in. Okay, so... fine, but that is fixable with a scissor. But, right. like, and I don't... There's shows that make you wait for the opening number. I think Movies Were Movies pays off enough that maybe it's worth the wait. You know. But but that's not the point. Right. The point okay. is like um he has three full songs that take up a very large chunk of time in the show that are just him rehashing in greater detail what what's wrong with the movies saying. he sees yeah. uh, or what he would what he believes should be in movies right. and that's not what the show is about. Right, right. And it doesn't right. even have like one of those like well it's echoes of what the show yes okay the show is about the v- shifting th- fashions in Hollywood and entertainment and how that his career was going to become obsolete or mm-hmm. she became obsolete whatever but that that's no but that's that's just the context for their lives that's not what the show's about and it's a, those songs and in, in Sondheim would never have written this this is like <laughs> what's wrong with Jerry Herman is that there's like three songs that are just like. They're like, what might be on Mac's mind, <laughs> but like, they are not dramatic songs. I mean, serving they, the message. but even Oscar Hammerstein wouldn't have done that. Like, they don't Ooh. do. They don't. Ex- they don't move the story forward. Right, like, they're right, just right. like him. They're like just for. I don't know. They're to me. They're like a real problem. And and that's what's wrong with Mac and Mabel. Right. If I may, you may. The other thought I've had oh dramaturgically about Jerry Herman <laughs> just when I thought we were done. <laughs> no because I have always wondered like how do you get those merman songs into Hello Dolly? Wait, what? Because Merman had those extra two songs that she was oh, oh, to oh, so in Valley. to put the which, Wait, wait which, which were they? Well, there's the great one, World Take Me Back. Okay. The world is full of beautiful things. To mm. The world I take me back, back again. Whatever. Um, and then she has that ballad, um, Love, look <laughs> through my window. I don't know, whatever. It's not that great. It's like, it reminds me very much of the Not That Great ballad. That Angela had cut from Mame and was later put into the movie of Dolly for Barbara, Love is Only Love. Oh, I didn't realize that was where that was from. So Dolly, Dolly, Barbara's Dolly Ballad, Love is Only Love is not the same as Merman's Dolly Ballad, Love Look Through My Window. Right. But they're both nice. They're pretty. But anyway, I think you can get them both because I think you put... Uh, which I guess is probably where they actually came. I believe Love, Th- Love Look Through My Window comes right before, before the parade passes by. Mm. It has the monologue with the, what is it, the oak leaf? The oak leaf, yeah, in the Bible. Um, and then, uh, like, Barbara would touch a leaf. <laughs> <And then laughs> like, Barbara would touch a She wants Mayor Mike to <gasps> oh. save her. I'm going to call him Mayor Mike. Um, Mayor Mike, wait, wait. Do, <laughs> do Barbara with coronavirus. <laughs> no, Daniel... You shouldn't touch that leaf because it might have corona. Here, use this hand sanitizer and Renata. Kill yourself. I'm making Renata. her sound like Bernie Sanders. Barbara's the just opposite. Bernie Sanders on Valium. Barbara's Bernie Sanders with like way too much money. She's like Bernie Sanders with mayor Mike's. Anyway, I don't know. I don't know where World Take Me Back went, and I want to find out. But mm-hmm. in my mind, it should be the Act Two opening, like. For real, should be the act two opening. Like, why doesn't Act Two of Hello Dolly start with World Take Me Back? I feel like I'm so drunk right now. I'm not drunk at all, but like I have no idea what we're talking about. It's like so we're so all over the place. I'm just like, wait a second. I'm like trying like We should like, not have taken that Molly before we did. We this. should have fucking. I'm just not kidding. The only Molly I'm taking is Pope. Honey. <laughs> Molly Pope. <bro>. Honey. <laughs> and I feel crazy enough when I'm on Molly Pope. <sighs> well, all, in all fairness, I feel way crazier on Molly Pope as most people would. Totally, on totally, MDMA. Totally. Um, I went and saw Molly show the other night. I did not see one last night, which I wish I would have because I want to see her as much as possible. Me too. I'm but really sad both. I did see her first night at the duplex with Drew Woodkey, and it was so fabulous. And glad she's you know uh, making her way down that staircase again. Anyway, this is not about Molly Pope. Um uh oh five percent battery. Um oh, Maybe that's the universe's <laughs> way of dialing it. Has to dial it on down. Um well oh, Okay, well it's still going. Um well what, are, oh, what else what we need to talk about? I've said this before. Okay. <laughs> <I> <laughs> no shudder. need I no don't need to say it again. What I shudder to ask. <laughs> no, because you know, I'm talking about who should play MAME. Yeah, I've, this is this. an idea I've never said on the pod, but I've said it years before in my life, and then I let go of it when I had my new ideas about on the gas iron and stuff. But now that I've taken a dive into Mame, and I've talked about this Ros Russell thing, where she has to be like, you know, where she's like, "Oh, Mame, I'll, I'll positively be holding my breath until tomorrow morning," and Mame's like. Do that, honey. You know? <laughs> so Marilyn. Like, but it's like, but this, you know, that thing where it's kind of a dig, but yeah. it's like on the surface. It's like shade. Right, sh- exactly. So I was like, who could do it? Who could do it? And it made me realize one of my original thoughts for me might actually be the right one after all. And that is Jane Lynch. Ooh, that's fascinating. Jane Lynch. she would be good, but I do think she's. A good I know everyone wants to say she's a very. Well, I mean, I'm you just saying. You said the S word. I'm just saying. Well, she has a hit TV show. Glee? No! The game show thingy. What, what is that? I don't know Hollywood Game Night. <laughs> it's not a... Maybe. It's not a thing and I It's like, it like it. fifth season. Is it on, like, mainstream TV? Network? It's on network TV, yeah. You well, that's why I don't know about it. TV. Wait, let me look My at it. people? P- what is that supposed to mean, huh? Non-Jews from the provinces. No. no that's, Are maybe. you Jewish? I'm from the province. Town. Are you from the provinces? I do not have network TV. I've never had network TV in... What do you mean networks? had? We all, network TV is free for the people. It's the, everyone has network TV. Not I. Yeah, not you I, do. Not yeah. I, sir. I don't have any kind of cable running to you my You just people. need a wire hanger. I don't even have that. No <laughs> wire hangers. Ever. <laughs> Wait, what am I looking up? Oh, uh, Hollywood Game Night. Can you just pl- sing the yeah, song you from write, Mame while I look this I up? Open a new window, open a new door. Oh, another song that I'm loving, just mostly because I'm so obsessed with the title song, is I think it's the act two opening of Mame, which is the letter. I think it's called The Letter that Patrick writes her while she's on her like eight year honeymoon. Because, oh, right, oh, yeah. like, the first scene, it's to the tune of Mame, although they don't, he's, he's like, um, I got a B plus in English Lit, but there's no like. Mm. Oh yeah. And then it like skips ahead to like old to like old Patrick, like yeah. Max von Essen Patrick, yeah. and he's very like the devs all seem to go for me. <laughs> the devs, oh, like the demutons. I yeah. was like Reynolds, Gravit, uh... Wait. <laughs> Reynolds and Gravit. Really? really? <laughs> who else? Who else is a dev? Um, Mazer, <laughs> um, Messing. Ugh, don't bring that, don't bring that thing up. Who does she She's Not in my in? house? Is she Mayor Pete. Um, I don't know. I mean, I've, I mean, we know her story history with Susan. Six seasons, yeah. I'm sure Deb is uh, Elizabeth Warren. Um, six seasons. Wow. That shows you how out of the game I am. We're not gonna sing that song again, but. Jane Lynch, I mean, I mean, she was the Miss Hannigan replacement. I mean, no Shea, but like, I don't think she. could... Yeah, do you know, she replaced Katie Finneran. Let's not get it twisted. It wasn't a star fucking <laughs> exactly. Context. It was James Lapine. <laughs> exactly. Well, she was a bigger star than Katie Finneran. They, well, she, totally. You no, know, she was stunt she still, casting. She still. She was replaced. stunt casting. <laughs> Stop saying that. Stop saying stunt casting. What, what is that? The moves are remember Stun casting. <laughs> it's so, like, is it fatty? I don't know. Like, it's still something. <laughs> Stun casting. Stun casting. I know who it reminds you of, but I can't say it on camera. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> I mean. Are oh, we just going to keep doing this till your computer literally dies? Don't, or us, whichever happens first. <laughs> um, I do not, I don't think I endorse Jane Lynch's name. She's more of a, maybe, maybe Vera. Oh, I'm so tired of hearing that. Why? Because she's gay? No, of course not. Not, not. Not, not gay. <laughs> not, not, not gay. I mean, if, if you were saying that, I mean, it's like, I mean, I don't know. I mean, if, oh, God, this is, les- I mean, there's plenty of lesbians I would love to see his name. Yeah, like who? Name one. Leah DeLaria. Ew! She couldn't even play Vera. No, she'd be a great Vera, actually. She'd be a great, she'd, great opposite Jane. she'd be a great Gooch. She would be a great Gooch, but she'd be a great Vera opposite Jane. She's dykier than her. Can <laughs> you imagine, like, just like a dyke mame? She's like, She's like Will, Will always... <laughs> you're down the octave. Will <laughs> <always> <laughs> the man. No, actually, the Leah... They both have fabulous alto voices. But, yes, but Leah... Leah can even sing soprano I would a love to see Leah as mame, but like... Like, in, like, Provincetown. Like, deep, like... We like, keep on wishing. We might. Like a meme, but, like, seducing. don <laughs> Seducing d- the, for- <laughs> the party guests. Anyway. Um. Anyway. Uh. What are we talking about? I'm, like, crying. Um. My computer has 5% still. This is, like, Hanukkah, but the bad version. It's, like, we're, we're just, like, running down the clock. <laughs> um. <laughs> Well, um, do we have anything else to talk about? Are we subjecting? Do to Do I have more about MAME? I might have more about MAME. Or not MAME. Well, but especially about MAME. I feel like I'm kind of done with MAME. Oh, you are? For well, today. I think Adam Roberts and Dublin Zotro might like to hear more. Oh, I, listen, Those are listen, our two like, VIP listeners. Winners. VIP listeners, I feel like everything I do, I do I for do Dublin Zotro. <laughs> yeah, totally. Everything, everything I do. What is that? I thought you were going to do everything I do. I do it for Dublin Zotrope. No, it's um, what's what's the signing of? Da, da 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 Everywhere I go, you'll be all the world is only you Yes. And me. What is that? Tonight from West Side Story. yes, yes. yes, yes he that. didn't, he that. didn't recognize it without the film projection. <laughs> without that H and M wardrobe. <laughs> without Isaac Colin Powell. <laughs> Isaac Mizrahi Colin Powell. Oh, another another Mayor Pete, or not Mayor Pete, another Mayor Mike supporter who I can't get behind. Isaac Mizrahi. Oh, I don't give a fuck who I Isaac a Mizrahi support supports. Either. Although, we did used to go to the same gym. The, the, oh, well, the by that months, logic. The three months I went to the gym back in By that logic, I would be supporting Elizabeth Warren. Wait, what? Oh, I am supporting Elizabeth Warren. <laughs> oh, right. Well, that's a good logic then. Um... All right. Well, this is d- definitely over. Definitely over. It's... I would bet a lot of money that what we're saying right now will not make it into the air. <laughs> right. Right. Ah, ta-da-na. This is All like right. that thing in Spaceballs. What thing? That thing. Oh yeah, I love that thing. <laughs> I love Spaceballs. <laughs> um, didn't we watch it together? Yes. And History of the World, which Rather which remember. makes me think of Madeline, who I love, and makes me want her as me. Anyway, we could go on and on and on about this, but truly... By the way, we're truly... Nancy a, Anderson for Gooch. Okay, I'm done. We're truly a broken record at this point. Oh! Can't okay. work like okay. that. Can't work like Can't that. Can't work like that. Let's talk to Nathan Lee Graham, a true star... You know what? I want to have Nancy, Nancy on the pod. main for the ages. Okay. Jane. Jane would like to have Nancy <laughs> on the pod. Broken record. Broken record. Broken record. Here with the amazing Nathan Lee Graham. Hello, everyone. Size. Yes. Oh my God! I love you so much.
1: This uh, this place we're in is quite lovely. We're on the fortieth floor. Mm,
0: that's mm. this. Well, we could say we're on any floor. They don't know we're mm. on the eightieth. Well, floor. Well,
1: I like to tell the truth, uh, <laughs> and I'm looking out over the Hudson.
0: Oh, yeah. awesome. We have a corner corner room here. It's lovely. Well, what Nathan's looking at can only pale next to what I am looking at. Oh, you're too Nathan-ly kind. Nathan Lee Graham. Beautiful and fabulous. Thank you. Well, you turn any room into a party. Oh, my And God, that's right. uh, any party into your room. And uh, well, live for it. Perhaps I should have had some alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> You make you make me feel like like I'm still drinking and partying. It's I love al- it. It's always a good time. I with love- you. Oh,
1: you don't you don't imbibe anymore. I don't anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, that's it fine. Good. It
0: was it was. It, but it's Edward Albee said something like every every man should drink a certain amount in his life, and I got it out of the way early. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful, wonderful. Because there's plenty of
1: people still drinking. Yeah, so. there are. There's, I'm
0: not worried about the yeah, future you're, you're of the alcohol fine. industry. Um, but uh, but I love I love the industry of Nathan Lee Graham. That's, oh, that's what you. I'm all about. Yeah, yes, uh, well I'm so psyched that you're talking about Lena Horne. Yes, mm, um, yes, my dear dear one. I mean, and you know, I, I do. You have I have a DVD to give you if you I didn't bring it, but uh, and you probably already have it of the lady and her music. Oh yes, of course, of course.
1: Of course. I I actually have a VHS tape. in It as well. Oh, yes, we were just
0: talking about
1: VHS. And uh, you know, this woman had a 70 year career. So Mm -hmm. by that time, when she did Lady in Her Music, it was
0: 81. Yeah, Yeah. so
1: 40 years practically Mm. already.
0: I knew that it had been a huge triumph for her and a big hit on Broadway. I didn't realize it ran for over a year.
1: Yes, doing Mm. that show for over a year. Can you imagine? With my dear friend Marva Hicks. Um, yeah, it was a
0: big production. Yeah,
1: big production. Linda Twine, who uh, also was the musical director for The Wild Party. Oh, yes. that's so, bringing yeah. it into the, the Nathan mm-hmm. story. All right.
0: Well, let's go back in time. Oh, my to God. 19, did you did you become aware of that when it happened, or was that something you discovered I, I later? I
1: was aware of it when it happened. I was young.
0: Yeah, but, sure. Well, I'm sure, mm-hmm. like me, you were aware of her in The Wiz, at of least course, at that of time. Of course, of mm-hmm. course. Um,
1: as a matter of fact, The Wiz was the first uh, musical that I'd ever done. It was mm-hmm. I did the uh, national tour as a munchkin in Los Angeles oh, wow. with Under wow. the Shield. So it was my wow. first goodness! Wow. Yeah.
0: Oh, my God. That's mm-hmm. amazing. Well, you know, I think you should be going in after Andre into um, into Haiti Town. Although I thought that before, then I saw Moulin Rouge, and I thought you should be going into that after Danny Burst. <laughs> yes, so I was, I'll I do agree. all of the roles. I agree, but, but I'm sure there's original things cooking. Um, you know, I'm
1: looking forward to a revival of Mame myself. Oh
0: yes, yes well, totally. Wait, so are, are you? Are, are you? I assume you want to be Mame, or are you? Of course, are, because you would be sort of like the Vera to end all Veras. Well, you know what? I, <laughs> I, I do <laughs> like both roles. Yeah. And Who would you want to do it in rep with? Yes. Switching yeah, parts. Your, Oh gosh, I don't Judy know. Judy Elaine
1: Stretch. Yeah. I don't know. Cuz there's so many people, right? And they could be any gender. Well, you don't right. have to you
0: don't have to just choose one. Just th- shoot. who are some people you would like to do a meme rep role switching journey with?
1: Well, I think Billy and I would do a great. Yes. Oh my god. Cuz oh, we have learned. so much fun working together when we do work together. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, that would be lovely. We, yeah. we, we'd kill that. Oh well, my god! Why?
0: Listen, who do we have to call? I mean, <laughs> that... okay. So this is. I the... mean, I feel like we should like copyright that idea or something. Yeah, I know. anyone this... listening is totally <laughs> going to steal idea that. That idea is the property of Broken Records Podcast. <laughs> now, if, if in, the, in, in the Nathan Billy name, who is Gooch?
1: Oh God, mm. that's that's hard because that's such a great role too, yeah. right? Yeah, mm-hmm. we'll have to what. I'll come up with it by the end of the podcast. Now,
0: I, I've been recently having like a deep dive into Mame. Yes. I mean, I'd always loved uh, the uh, movie Anti-Mame yes. and the Broadway cast album with Angela. And I, I've never seen a production.
1: Robin I, de Jesus.
0: Oh. Oh, wonderful, done. wonderful. Cut <laughs> and I recently read the novel for the first time and then the sequel. And now I'm reading uh, the biography of Patrick Dennis and his other stuff. And this book I found uh, about the... Uh, productions over the years, just it's just a, w- such a wonderful piece. So, so,
1: Daniel thinks it's problematic. Russell, well, I love Rosalind Russell too. Yeah, so she's the greatest. A, a huge, fan. Oh, so uh,
0: yeah. I'm a huge fan of her. Huge, so. huge. But D- Daniel thinks that the the show is, is well, problematic. I don't really know the show, but I went to the uh, the Jerry Herman mm-hmm. memorial and they sang the title song "Mame," and I thought it was so thrilling, and you know everyone gave it a huge applause, but when you really hear the lyrics out of context it's like i'm like is it glorifying the south like what do you think
1: well you know you have to think of, of things when they were written and right. why right. Yeah. and at the time and you coax the blues right out of the horn man i think i always think there is a tongue in cheek in everything mm-hmm.
0: yeah mm-hmm. and so
1: there's a, a wink 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 not nudge nudge mm-hmm. even in that piece as mm-hmm. well
0: mm-hmm.
1: and um it depends on how you play it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Really?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It depends on how you play it.
0: I mean, I guess there's two... Uh, well, first of all, I think I probably can speak for everyone on Earth when we say that if you, let alone you and Billy, were doing MAME, we would be very trusting that people Absolutely. with the right yeah. sensibility and, you know, wouldn't go us so wrong. But I do know sometimes, you know, from when you take a piece, sometimes you go into something that might have some prickliness, but you're going to have the right point of view and it's all going to work out. Sometimes though, when you start to do that, the threads come apart and you realize the thing doesn't, it it can't, it only exists in that. And, but you don't think MAME would be something like that.
1: Well, you have to trust the material, but also, um, if you're going to revive something, then have something to revive. So, uh, I think if you have the right combination of people and, um, the right interpreters, then you can make things work and if it doesn't then you don't do it.
0: Right. Mm-hmm, right. Well mm-hmm. so maybe we'll start with a workshop sure. and we'll figure out all the questions, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean it's funny. I mean Daniel keeps bringing up the title song which obviously is this stuff about the south. That I never worried about because those characters are kind of the butt of the joke in a way in the show. Um and Mame, I mean Mame is all about, you know, uh that 1960s sensibility yes, of Yes, and being very progressive. Oh, right and some progressive yeah. and she doesn't like the anti-Semitic right. people and all that. But the thing, people I've, the thing I've heard people talk about is the character of Ito, um, that is that this sort of like um, dated, stereotypical portrait of, uh, of an Asian American. And, you know, of course, Alec Mappa would tell you absolutely not give him the chance. He'll show you that it can be done with dignity. Well, and
1: Alec should do it. And yeah. the thing about it is. Oh, well, I my, think we just finished casting yes. your production, my dear friend Alec. The thing is, is that. Um, uh, Asians exist. Hello, mm-hmm, everyone. Mm-hmm. And they should be in everything as well. Yeah. So, um, Ito should not be cut. He should just be respected. Yeah. And uh, same thing with um, at Breakfast at Tiffany's when uh, Mickey Rooney oh, played that yeah. horrible. Oh, Marvel. God. You know, you, you don't cast yourself, but you do accept the role. <laughs> so, uh, all of those things, all of those Asian characters yeah. should exist, they, but, but they should be respected and lauded and applauded just like everything
0: else. Yeah. Mm. Okay, so then it, on these issues, I mean, it, it's very appropriate to talk about uh, Alina Horn in terms of these things sure. because mm-hmm. she's someone who not only had to really struggle with that uh, inequality and prejudice and everything uh, personally and very much professionally, um, and also it, the way she looked. Yes, mm-hmm. well, because I was I one of the thing because there's so many different movie versions of Showboat, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, coming as we all have. Decades after it had happened, you know, I'm sure my grandparents were like, no, it's the this movie with the this, that's right. the real one, you know. But to me, it's just like, oh, there's several different versions, which are the real ones. So I was shocked to see that Ava Gardner had played mm-hmm. Julie. And that Lena never had, because it seemed to me like mm. if there was one part Hollywood owed Lena, Horne, it was right. Julian Chauva. Well, for and because
1: until the clouds Row by, she sort of simulated right. the role yes. of Julie, because that
0: was the mm. biography of Jerome Yeah, Kern. I recently yes. watched yeah, that. Yeah,
1: um, she just assumed that they were sort of prepping her for that, yeah. and she should have assumed that. Yeah, you know, uh, with her light Egyptian makeup made by Max Factor, <laughs> uh, but that was not to be.
0: Yeah. Well, she talks about that in the in the show. Yeah, she
1: indeed she does. I thought when I sang that song, and I think the picture was called Till the Clouds Roll By. I thought that I was gonna be Julie when they finally decided to make the motion picture showboat. I was wrong, of course, but uh, it was okay because one of my girlfriends got the part. I didn't have about two at that time, but uh, I liked her. she was a nice, southern, white girl, born in North Carolina. <laughs> yeah, around a whole lot of dirt, pool, share cropping, black and white folks. So she and I had a whole lot we could talk about together. And then when you get to the showboat that I did with Hal Prince and Susan Stroman, of course, mm-hmm. Lynette McKee. Yes. And uh, my dear um, Valerie Pettiford. uh then the role is cast
0: properly. Yeah. You know, for yeah. the
1: misogynation to actually happen yeah. in, in mm-hmm. the right way.
0: Mm-hmm. And so when you were like a kid getting into like Lena Horne, like how much of that came into your consciousness?
1: The thing is, singular people I'm always drawn to, and I was thinking about this. Uh, there's so much um, fear about being singular today, mm-hmm. there's m- much more. Uh, people are much more inclined to to find sameness and how we sort of relate to each other because we're alike. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm just the opposite. I'm always drawn to people who are singular and sort of unique. Mm. So my earliest influences were these powerful um, men and women, mostly women, um, because they could be freer. Uh, people like Judy Garland, Eartha Kitt, Lena Horne, Angela Lansbury. All of these people were so singular and looked mm. Like themselves, if yeah. you understand what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, they weren't sort of cookie cutter. Mm-hmm. And so I was naturally drawn drawn to Lena because here is uh, an African American woman who looked the way she did, but sounded the way she sounded, and was willing to contort and make herself seem uh, beautifully grotesque at times and menacing. Mm. Um, as a way of social activism through her art. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know all of those words when I was younger, but I certainly felt what was happening. And I knew that there was some sort of arrested development within me mm-hmm. that made me, um, I was drawn to her like a yeah. moth to a flame. And I just liked the way she did things. I liked the way she said things, her phrasing. Mm-hmm. I understood things. And, um, even when I sing today, In my shows, people always comment on my um, diction. And I never thought that it should be anything but. I said, well, if I'm telling a story and you don't understand what I'm saying, what's Mm -hmm. the point? Mm -hmm. But the people that I listened to growing up Mm -hmm. had impeccable diction. And they really sort of leaned into these words in a menacing, beautifully menacing sort of way. And... um, I love that. I love that about all of them, but particularly Lena, because she looked the way she looked, and she could have chosen many routes to go. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes, limited, because of being an African-American here in these United States, but at the same time, she was so beautiful that, you know, I'm sure that put her in a box at times, even amongst her own. Yeah. Mm. And same thing with Eartha, you know, um... I believe that's why they both were so unique in their own ways, because they had to sort of fight against what they looked like too, you know, to carve out something where she was just not some pretty little, you know, ingenue, and uh, and really sort of be this full throated woman. I really was drawn to that very early, Mm -hmm. and those were my big influences, and she was definitely a pillar for me. As to how to perform, even. Mm -hmm. And how to be performative, I should say.
0: Yeah. What were the Lena um, other albums or movies? What what were your Lena touchstones? Lena Goes
1: Latin is so good, and Lena in Mm -hmm. Hollywood. If you don't really know her stuff, those two albums, I think, are quite good, and it will lead you down the primrose path to get Mm -hmm. more into her. (laughs) I'm crossing you in style someday Oh dream maker you heart breaker Wherever you go in I'm going your way Um and then of course you know, the, uh, the, uh, Vincent Minnelli film. Uh, did he do, I think he did cabin in the sky. Mm-hmm. I think I might be getting that wrong. I apologize. I think so. And then of course, stormy weather. I mean, those were her two sort of breakout full throated films. Um, and then of course, like she said in, in, um, a lady in her music, they would put her in all of these films, all of these musicals, but, in such a way where the film could be taken... She could be cut out mm. when it was taken down to the South, when the film was taken down to be shown in the South. And so she, she would have a lot of these sort of look-pretty, pretty-mouth, stand-alone singing numbers in wonderful musicals by MGM that uh, she would do. But unfortunately, she could never really get more than that because of the times, mm. Yeah, quite honestly, because of the... Uh,
0: racism, so were, you when, know, there was that when you, were, when you were growing up and listening to that, those stories on the album, Lady With Her Music on the video, and, and were you, was that uh, encouraging to you to think, well look, you know, things have changed somewhat since then, or was it just sort of more bad news? Um, it was encouraging to me uh, particularly,
1: a person like me that didn't fit in as well into any sort of mold. I was sort of, uh, for lack of a better phrase, mainstream. Uh, you know, I wasn't a part of black. I haven't. I haven't been a part of black Hollywood or mm-hmm. black Broadway specifically. Mm-hmm. I've always been sort of. Mainstream in that kind of way, even though I still have my uh, fringe cred. I hope um, for some reason I fell into just a, a sort of multi-medium platform. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. Why. Well, you—I mean,
0: to the word you used for Lena and Eartha and Judy and Angela—I mean, singular is one hundred thousand mm-hmm. percent you. I mean, I don't think I
1: can call myself that, but I certainly strive to be in that company Mm. that's where that's where my bent is Mm -hmm. and so recognizing that very early and embracing it instead of uh, running away from it because i did try to run away from it i try to be in the chorus so many times i try to fit in and blend in and just be one of the Guys, if you will, uh, at the time. Tell and us about that. I mean,
0: well, you're talking about just like the beginning of your career.
1: Well, yes, but I think people like Lena, Ertha, Judy, helped me realize who I was yeah. early because I just was naturally drawn to them. Mm. And so I wasn't trying to copy them per se, yeah. but I was doing my version of them all the time through my lens. Mm. And eventually... That became who I was mm-hmm. And my sort of version Of whatever it is I do yeah. So I'm always astounded When people say that Oh I, I like the way you've done that or Because that's just naturally how I, I'm thinking mm-hmm. You know I see the phrase or I hear the phrase Or, or I see the line And that's just how it comes out mm-hmm. um, I'm not so calculated I mean you know One hopes one is talented <laughs> But, but <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's it's really sort of, and then I think about my contemporaries that are also influenced by certain people, and it makes sense to me. I don't yeah, feel um... as strange now, you know, when I look at someone like Jennifer Lewis, who I just adore. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't feel as strange when I see their influences as mm-hmm. well. Uh, so she was a big influence in that way. And also, this is key, I really do believe in some kind of social activism through art and sometimes you don't have to be on a picket line or you know being thrown into jail in order to support the cause the resistance Mm -hmm. and i believe that all the women that i've brought up recently um do just that through their art there's something pleasantly irreverent about it and um and it, and they really sort of speak through their art, even if they're singing something that can be completely like, uh, you know, some wonderful Lorenz Hart song that's seemingly, you know, just very light and, you know, not very uh, political.
0: Like Bewitched.
1: But it becomes that. Yeah. Because of the way that they put it over.
0: You know, people are always asking me if I'm on Ozempic, and let me tell you, I do not mind them asking me that. But I'm not on Ozempic. They especially ask me that when they see me eating dessert, or desserts, or all the crap I eat when I'm out. But my secret is that when I'm home, when I'm by myself, I'm eating Factor. Factor sends me restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever I am. No prepping, no cooking, no cleanup, except for, like, my fork. And now you... Can enjoy factory meals too. Go to factormeals.com slash giants in the sky 50 and use code GIANTS IN THE SKY 50 to get 50% off. That's code GIANTS IN THE SKY 50 at factormeals.com slash GIANTS IN THE SKY 50 to get 50% off.
1: Oh, I have seen a lot. I mean, a lot.
0: But now I'm like sweet 17 and I'm bewitched, bothered, and bewildered, am I?
1: Yes, I want to say. the trousers that cling to him, bewitched, bothered, and bewildered, am
0: I... I don't you know, know, I said bewitched. Bewitched. <laughs> bewitched. Bewitched, bothered,
1: and bewildered. Um,
0: yeah, I mean, I, I remember watching uh, a clip on YouTube of Lena singing... um being Green Yes The hermit mm. song And the way she performs it It takes on this Whole new yes. meaning yeah. And you're like Whoa Like this is like Philosophical And you know exactly
1: What being green yes. means After yes. she sings it It's not easy Being green It seems You blend in With so many other Ordinary things And people tend To pass you over Because you're not Standing flashes, sparkles in the water, past us in the sky,
0: but green I think everyone that has sung it since then has her take on in my mind. Yeah, I like mean, like Mandy Patinkin standard. and Audra McDonald, yeah. for sure, they are doing a second generation of Lena's mm-hmm. uh, interpretation.
1: Yes, and the lady, in the, uh, uh, the lady is a Tramp. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is a brilliant song, first of all, because of all of these sort of... I mean, it's a, com- a song completely about irony, but also about being yourself. Yeah. and being irreverent mm-hmm. and it's so clever you know, I go to opera and stay wide awake Yeah. Mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. I like a prize fight when it's not a fake. I
0: adore the rowing on Central Park. What can I lose?
1: That's revolutionary to me. Totally. totally. Yeah. So, um, especially if you can put it over the way I that it should I think about that
0: be. so much. I remember I used to go um, when I was like younger and more uh, 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 impression. That's not the right word. But I, I would go to like a Patti Lupone concert Carnegie mm. Hall, and I would be screaming my face off. And there would always be like you know old, rich, white people who, like, drove in from Long Island, like, giving me dirty looks or mm-hmm. even telling me to be quiet, you know? And I remember thinking, like, you're a fucking subscriber. You don't give a shit about this performance. You're here. Your energy is, like, bringing the room down, and I am, like, who this is for, right. you know? Mm-hmm. And I think about it so much with the lyric you mentioned because it's, like, you. we have the box at the opera. Yeah. It's just, like, mm-hmm. you know, they fall asleep because they had too many scotches at the club before But And the, it's all
1: about... Having season
0: tickets as opposed yes. to
1: seeing who that yes. is. Yes, you know, or mm. Daniel
0: who's going in the $30 family circle yeah. and like <laughs> obsessing over the libretto and yeah, learning yeah, every yeah. opera, you know, that is, that's, and that's the tramp because yes. he's not, yes. he's not that society status thing. You know? Yeah.
1: But it's the, you know, it's the such the clever way of doing it, the flip side, mm-hmm. the sort of oxymoron of the tramp, and you know, you either get it or you don't. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, they got it. Yeah, and I got it very early. So um, it was a lonely childhood at times, <laughs> but uh, because I understood, I understood so many things before I was supposed to, mm. and I also knew that if I could survive, if I literally could survive, that everything would be okay. Mm-hmm. Because I'm—I've always been the same person. It's just that I've grown into it, mm-hmm. but I knew very early who I was, and I just keep becoming. Mm-hmm.
0: What What were the like, um, not tent poles, but you know, what were the 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 posts, the signposts, where you were like okay, I, I've come into this much more, you know, what were the things that you did or that happened to you where you, where you felt a sense of, of coming into that? And Well,
1: you know? one of the biggest things was I never was in the closet.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, because I had a wonderful teacher, Susan Gregg, who, who asked me very early on in conservatory, she said, do you want to lie now and keep lying, or do you want to tell the truth And have be brilliant. Mm.
0: And I said, (laughs) we know what she was voting for, you know,
1: basically. And she was like, well, if, if you just tell the truth about yourself now, we can actually get to straight to acting. But if you don't tell the truth, you're going to have to double act because Mm -hmm. you're going to have to act like what a straight person would act Mm. doing this.
0: Yes. And then you're going to have to legitimize,
1: you know, you're going to have to say to yourself, oh, the only legitimate way to act is if you act straight roles and if you act like a straight person when you're acting, and that legitimizes you. She said, now, I don't feel that way, but you have to be daring enough Mm. to say that you don't want that either so that what we're learning here can actually permeate and you can Mm. really get what you need. And I decided very early, not knowing all of the trappings of that and how difficult it would be, to... Um, go with the latter, just go with uh, being myself. And so I f- felt weird at times. Uh, I knew that I probably wouldn't work as much. Um, but and in doing that, it was uh, one of the best things I've ever done because that was a huge uh, milestone, post, whatever you want to call it, at that time. And I did it very early when I was a freshman in conservatory. And as a result of that, um, my work just got better and better and better Mm. and better and better. And I didn't worry about such things. Although my contemporaries really did give me a hard time because even at that time, this is the early eighties, mid eighties, um, late (laughs) eighties, late eighties. Yeah. Late eighties. Uh, I started coming to New York in the early 80s. That's what it was. Um, this is the late 80s uh, when I was a freshman. And, you know, everyone's still in the closet. Yeah. You want to get hired? Mm-hmm. You, got, you have to, you know, mm. um, you, you can't do this. And I just thought, no. And then, of course, cut to the year 2000. I still hadn't played anyone gay mm-hmm. because I couldn't get hired. Yeah, they would say that I wasn't gay enough because I was just a normal gay person. Yeah, so I didn't come in with feathered boas and all this. They said you're just so elegant, but we need someone who's a little, you know, indicative. I was like, well, I don't know anybody like that. unless they're being perform- performative. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know. I remember sitting with a, an agent at Writers and Artists, and I had just done a scene from Does a Tiger Wear a Necktie, and this guy is, you know, Jones in and on drugs or whatever and I sat down to talk with her afterwards and she goes oh I said what's what's? you're nothing like the character you just played I said no I'm not a drug addict dear <laughs> she goes and then she wrote uh, I saw on her uh, desk she wrote um, a little light in the loafers light in the loafers is what she wrote Wow. and it, you know the letters got really huge <sighs> to me like um, Dark Victory when Betty mm-hmm. Davis sees a prognosis negative <laughs> um, and i i took it it hurt it hurt me but i took it and i thought well let me try to adjust and there were many years of me trying to make people feel more at ease mm. you know with my presence and then finally you know over years and years and years i just said fuck all that shit I'm not trying to dim anyone's light, but I'm certainly not going to turn mine off. Mm -hmm. And if I know the answer, I'll allow for a few moments for someone to come up with it. But eventually I'm just going to have to give you the answer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, because it makes life so much easier. Um, I know the answer. I know how to do this. So let's just, you know, I don't always want to be the one with the answer. Mm -hmm. But if I happen to be the one with the answer, I'm going to answer the call. So that was a huge uh, windfall for me in school to just not be in the closet mm-hmm. at all. Once you take away that the that that sort of fear, no one could really uh hurt me with it. Right. It was no longer a weapon. Right. And so when people would say, well, now what I couldn't do was change my color. And that continues to be a source of um uncomfortable angst. I used to joke and say, uh, what did I used to say? He said, I don't mind being black. It's just damn difficult at times. Uh, Because I'm a part of a small fraternity of men who do certain roles and I'm usually the only one of color. Yeah. That's expanding now, I'm happy to say. Mm -hmm. But at the beginning it was not. I mean, literally I would go in with Leslie Jordan and um, uh, oh gosh, um, what's his name? Very tall. Victor Garber. Mm -hmm. Can you believe this? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. We would be up for roles, uh, you know, together. I mean, it's just so
0: funny, but I do, I can see how you and Victor Garber could play the same part, how you and Leslie Jordan could play the same part. so
1: you can see, it's just like, those things would actually happen. Yeah. And, uh, and continue to, to happen, but I had to sort of reconcile myself to it because I, I also felt like a jack of all trades at that point because I was in every medium. Yeah. But each time I was in the medium, I seemed new to the people who were there who Mm. only did
0: that track, right? Mm. Right.
1: And finally, I said to myself, Nathan, how about this? How about you're a master of all of them? Mm -hmm. And you just go from one to the next. And that's what it is. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. That's what it is. So. Well, that's what everyone wants to do nowadays. I guess. I I mean, I
1: guess, you know. I'm on my own track though Yeah. I think if I have any advice for anybody Is that You have to sort of become comfortable With your own track right away
0: mm-hmm. yeah.
1: You know I don't really have Lots of advice for young performers Except show up on time Hit your mark and know your, uh, mm-hmm. know your Lines mm-hmm. yeah. and also don't be an asshole yeah. But you would be amazed yeah. How those precepts How those concepts Do not get through Mm. Bitches show up and they don't know their lines mm. They don't hit their mark They're rude
0: Yeah, what They're calling out is? Oh I'm, I'm out oh, c- Calling out Do you think that comes from a certain Is it just laziness or is it some sort of like You know self sabotaging Like oh I don't think I can do this So I'm not going to put forth the effort like,
1: The no. self sabotage I think Is not as much mm-hmm. Because to self sabotage Means that you care to, it means that you really want this to the point of where you're actually putting in something so you sort of self-sabotage yourself by um, caring too much. Mm-hmm. I think it's more of an entitled laziness
0: mm-hmm.
1: more than anything else. Oh, I'll get another job or do you realize mm-hmm. how difficult it is to be in the radius of these few blocks to get a Broadway show or to get a, a really wonderful... Uh, off-Broadway show where so much great work happens Mm -hmm. or to be on national television you know I'm always um, amazed when people say to me oh um, Nathan you're uh, I can't wait to see more of you I'm like what are you talking about I'm on this TV show well I mean more of you on the show no that's enough What you see is enough. I'm happy with it. You should be happy with it, too. Writers want to write more for me. They want to develop more for me. Great. Mm. Do you know how difficult it was to land that job? Mm -hmm. Mm. Are you on television? Have you ever been on television? No. (laughs) (laughs) It always kills me when people talk about pilot season, which doesn't even exist anymore to a certain Mm. degree. Yeah. You, you, it's, you know, with all the streaming, mm-hmm. but I, I would look at people sort of incredulously, but wh- why are you talking about pilot season? Mm. You don't do pilots. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's pilots. Se- yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's also Hanukkah and Christmas, but <laughs> what, what, I mean... So, <laughs> pilot season. Bye. Give me a break. Anyway, no, nothing, you know, I, it just kills me, you know, when you're out here busting your ass and people mm-hmm. are sort of, you know, whatever. I mean, Priscilla, the wonderful and talented um, James Brown III, um, who played Jimmy in Priscilla, mm-hmm. Queen of the Desert at the Palace. Oh, I love playing the Palace. And, uh, Until you played the palace right. You haven't played the town Exactly um, And he understudied uh, Misunderstanding Which is the role I played And He goes He said to me once uh, Nathan I've never not gone on For my understudy You know as an understudy I've never <laughs> not gone on I said I'm sorry Because you know I, I just don't call out Yeah So I did every one of those performances I think it was 645
0: Wow, wow. Goodness. Yeah. Was that the longest run you've ever done?
1: On Broadway, yeah.
0: Yeah. But you, not on tour. What, what did you do longer on tour than that?
1: Oh, what did I do? I did Showboat for three years. Wow. <sighs> um, as a matter of fact, Hal Prince told me to quit.
0: Oh, yeah. Tell us that story.
1: Well, he just told me, he said, I think you're wasting your talent and you're just afraid that you won't work, so you should leave the show. And so after the Kennedy Center performance, um, I did leave. But I think it also coincided with the end of the tour. It just mm. so happened that it went. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, he did tell me that. He was very, very kind mm. to, uh, you know, to notice me in the chorus.
0: And yeah. Mm. How could anyone not notice you?
1: Well, and Susan
0: Stroman was very nice, too. Mm. I mean, I'm surprised you were even able to work in the chorus,
1: Well, they kept, certain things kept being mentioned, like uh, I was one of the (laughs) Stevedores. Right? Mm -hmm. And so they were like, is that belt cinched? (laughs) I said, no, it's just closed. Like everyone else's belt. This is a loop. This is a (laughs) hole. And it's closed. I literally was not trying to look different. But they were like, your belt seems cinched. I think... What was it Florence Clots? Um, Flossie. Yeah. <laughs> She's like his belt is. Why do you look glamorous? <laughs> I, it would. That's I literally so would get notes funny. on it. I'm like, I have on the same slave ass costume
0: <laughs> that everyone else has on.
1: Cotton blossom, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Um, so
0: you just have a jaunty figure. You I can't guess, help it.
1: but I was like, bitch, these are the clothes you gave me.
0: <laughs> so it's how you were wearing them, you know?
1: I was like, I have on flannel and heavy wool, you know?
0: <laughs> I love that.
1: Well, these houndstooth pattern pants. Pe- I mean, I don't know what you're talking about. But anyway, um, yeah, I, was, I did the show too long, but whilst I was doing the show... Um, we did tons of cabarets all over the country, yeah, um, and in, including Canada. So I got to hone that skill, mm. you know, my supper club skills.
0: Mm. Um, would you you need to be doing more of that? I do, do I do, I will. On way here, like listening to Lena, I was like, I would love to see just like a night with Nathan Lee Graham.
1: Well, you know, I will do more of them. It's just that uh, all the work has been taking precedent, yeah. and you, mm-hmm. it takes a lot of energy for me yeah. to do a show because mm. you know I. I'm old school with the shows and Eartha. It seems like it would take a lot of energy for you to do
0: anything. I mean, I th- I think no. I mean, I think that you're someone who doesn't do anything half-assed. Right. Right. And when you know you always you come correct and you do your homework and you always are you know a hundred percent. I try to be. Mm-hmm. I mean,
1: at this point, even if I wanted to quit the business, which is. You know, I'll die doing this business. Yeah. Um, There's nothing else I really can do. Yeah. I'm just not suited for anything else. I even, even the way I think about things Mm. seems all of a sudden esoteric and sort of you know eccentric. Whereas I think it's perfectly normal. But Mm. when I'm talking with someone else who is a lay person, yeah, they're like, "What the hell?" So, um, you know, I'm I'm certainly relatable, but it's not. I. I am a creature of of, of, of this business now. And yeah. so I do try to approach everything with 100%. you know. And when I don't, it makes me unhappy. But yes, I need to do more shows. And um, I had such great influencers as well. Mm-hmm. You know, Eartha was a huge influencer on the way I do my shows as well. And plus, you know, I would watch her yeah. and learn from her.
0: Talk to us about Eartha because you're not only a fan, you got to be friends with her and work with yes. her and all
1: that. I mean... What is there to say? Um, she was truly a mentor, truly a beacon for me. You guys uh, were on
0: Broadway together in the Wild, uh, in the party, wild party. In the Wild Party, yes. two thousand
1: so became, became friends uh, to her dying day. And her wonderful daughter, Kit, is such a, a wonderful um, uh, person who's keeping her the memory of her mother alive and going very well. And uh, so we have to celebrate Kit for that, Kit Shapiro. Um Eartha was just wonderful for me in so many ways. Um, Once again, very singular, very uh, focused, extremely Mm -hmm. focused. Mm -hmm. Um, I love that. I love, you know, all the personal things that she would talk to me about um, that and some of the pitfalls that I would find in my life if I remained singular myself, which Mm. she thought I was, which she said to me. So... You know, I'm just not sort of making it up. Um, (laughs) uh, So, you know, I I think about those things and some of them I want to come true. Some of them seem terribly lonely. But, Mm. you know, she basically would say things like, you know, when you're a person like us, me, you have to um, have to have someone strong. Someone who challenges you, and mm. that's hard to find, and you probably won't have many. Mm. And so, and even when you do, you have to do what you have to do alone. Mm.
0: So, so I mean, you do seem like someone, you said focus, she was very focused, and that's how I think of you as being, as someone who's very focused and... Dedicated, but also you still somehow maintain this enthusiasm without getting burnt out. Like, how is that? Somehow, and not bitter. I
1: think because I actually love what I do. Mm -hmm. So that's helpful. I'm actually, when I enter a room or a theater or a supper club or anything, I always come in with my arms open Mm. to. uh, embrace whatever is is happening. So I actually am excited about other performers as well. I think Mm -hmm. that's a way not to become embittered. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually love other people's work, and especially when they put in 100%. I think that's a large reason why I'm not sort of crazed. Mm -hmm. I also shut out all the noise, and I keep to myself. I love a little anonymity and privacy I am very old school when it comes to a little mystery about the performer I don't like to see people before performance Mm -hmm. to break the illusion (laughs) I like all of that sort of thing and um, I think it's fun I think it raises the stakes and makes Mm -hmm. life a little bit more enjoyable Um, I do hate when people say Nathan looks like you're having a lot of fun or this must be so fun no 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 this is not fun it's enjoyable. Words mm-hmm. matter. Mm-hmm. Adults enjoy their work. It's not fun. Kids mm-hmm. have fun.
0: Right, yeah. Because fun implies like frivolity. Yes,
1: or non seriousness. Mm-hmm. Whereas enjoying something means that you put in some effort and the fulfillment, the mm-hmm. enjoyment that comes Pain from off. it mm-hmm. is wonderful mm-hmm. and euphoric. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I enjoy what I do immensely, but it's not fun. Lazy in germs. <laughs>
0: mm. Well, that's some, I mean, going back to what you're saying about all these young performers and kind of the laziness and the entitlement. I mean, do you think a lot of it is they expect something just to be a lot of fun and a party and instead of it actually I being think so. like a, I think so. something I, you're dedicating yourself to?
1: I absolutely think so, Daniel. Um, I think that they're expecting, you know, the glamour part of it all the time, Mm. and the fame part of it. I remember very distinctly when I was a kid, saying to my mom, when I realized that I wanted to do this as a profession, there was no spark, there was no pivotal moment where I saw something and thought, oh, I I need to be on stage. I was always on stage, either at school or in church. Um, I was always singing, always acting. That's just the way it is. I come from a family of teachers and preachers. Mm. That's what it is. Okay. But when I made a decision, a concerted... Is that the right word? Decision. Mm -hmm. To uh, make a living at this, I said to my parents, specifically to my mom, I said, I would like to be a working actor. I said those words. (laughs) Wow. And I went to Webster University Conservatory and their whole theme is the working actor. Mm -hmm. So I was... I went to the right school for that. I was already prepped to do... Off Broadway, regional, Broadway, yeah, concerts. That that was the whole thing to work, mm-hmm. and that's my whole my whole work ethic. Some some jobs are more high profile than others, but I approach them all the same. Honest to God, I do. Mm-hmm. And so then when people don't show up on the other end, on the creative end, for me, it pisses me off.
0: Yeah, mm.
1: because I'm going to show up, you know, even if I'm giving you my ninety percent show, it's Someone else's hundred,
0: yeah, at least. <laughs> um, what about when you first started? Uh, d- did you do other stuff to support yourself while you were, you know, before you got showboat and all that? Mm, okay, like-
1: so I've never had a a job where I had to fill out an application, right, yeah. Other than no- nothing, right? Um, and perhaps in high school, I did like a month of something because my parents wanted me to.
0: Mm-hmm,
1: to mm-hmm. to buck up and, you know, do some, you know, sh- let's see if you can punch a time clock. Mm-hmm. So maybe I did s- a stint But there. not after
0: school. No, right, and I didn't even do that because I had too
1: many extracurricular right, yeah, sure. activities. Mm-hmm. But my dad really was the one who wanted me to, you know. Yeah, right. I was like, what are you talking about? He has no time. Um, so So, no. I mean, I did some sample sales, <laughs> yeah. but all all the wonderful sample sales. And I'm going to do a shout out to Soyfer and Haskin, Frida Soyfer and Richard Haskin. They have the best sample sale company in New York City. Mm. The best. Um, Soyfer and Haskin. uh, They're so wonderful because they would hire all these wonderful performers who they would let out to go audition. So I was out of there more than I was in. But what was so great is that I could get all my Christmas gifts in all of my couture and drag, uh, from the sample sales. And they had, when I say high quality, I mean the highest end. Mm -hmm. And, uh, that's how I met Donna Karen. And I've just done wonderful, uh, runway shows and the
0: best. And what were you doing for Cypher and Haskin?
1: Well, I was, uh, basically selling clothes, but, um, I was too good at it. And they suggested that I stop. Hmm. So does I talk to them about it, you know, maybe permanently doing that because I'm a Virgo and this business mm. seems completely impractical to
0: me. Sure. Still
1: does. Of I'm course. a very reluctant performer. Yeah. As mm. far as that's concerned, I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Why do I even have this whatever talent? Right. It doesn't make any sense. Oh, well, I have it. So I'll just keep doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's what I did. But that wasn't to pay rent or anything. So I've only... Paid rent by performing.
0: Mm. And when you had something that was like a very steady paycheck, like Showboat, and then you would like leave that, you know, um, was that, uh, I mean, that must have been really scary. You know, I mean, I I mean, having never had a good job to leave, (laughs) I never had to make (laughs) that kind of a choice.
1: (sighs) See, Showboat happened right after Jesus Christ Superstar, which was my first... Tour here mm-hmm. that I did the first national with um, Ted Neely and Carl Anderson. Well, and I the remember. first national
0: of that. Yes. later. Mm-hmm. Let's mm-hmm. not get sorry. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they know. <laughs> I mean, I look good, but damn, I look, oh my God, I'm not Sister Tyson. Is that with like um, Dennis DeYoung? Or, yeah. Or, yeah. Wow. Oh, I, wait. So wait, did I see you in that the Universal Amphitheater? You did. <laughs> mm. ah! Wait, who were you?
1: At that point, I might have been. um... Because I covered a lot of people before I took over for Herod. Mm. King Herod from Larry Oh, Giroud. my God. I wish I would seen you as Herod. Uh, but I, I was one of the priests to start off. Because that uh, was my first, very first show. Like, I had auditioned five times for that. What was, that was
0: do about Jesus of Nazareth? Now... <laughs> <That's guy>. Miracle, wonder man, fear perfection. Yes. Um,
1: and I, un, I understudied Annas. And I even was a cover for Pontius Pilate. Like, I could do all of oh, those yeah. things. Wow. So, um but I was the first mm-hmm. understudy for Harrod. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, it's, it's making me jump all over the place because uh, I don't read reviews. Um, and my wonderful theatrical publicist, Dan Fortune. Yes, the Dan Fortune,
0: yes we love him.
1: Um, he sends me them, but he sends them in their marked danger. And then <laughs> I, read, I, read, I read them after a show is closed. <gasps> uh, but like, oh, I just read wow. wigouts.
0: Wow! Wait no, we from got, yes. from two thousand and nine. Yes, I just read oh them. Oh my god, they were good. I bet <laughs> they were. I'm still mad at myself for not seeing them. Well, production.
1: I only read them like it has to be five to ten years afterwards, mm. where I can just sort of oh, be like
0: distance, deep archive. Yeah. So
1: he sends me them now, and but you I don't file read it away. Them. But Eartha is the one that told me not to read them. Mm. So the last one I actually read in real time was Jesus Christ Superstar when I did it in Nyack with Billy Porter and Emily Skinner. Mm. And I played Herod in that production as well, and it was a mm-hmm. wonderful production. Um, Constantine Morales was uh, non-equity in that production. Wow, he was one of the cops, mm. um, or the yeah
0: Roman, Roman yeah Guard.
1: Roman guards, <laughs> but they were cops then because it was nineteen sixties. Oh, so- what so- a, so- a cool so- production! Yeah, Ooh. it was really wonderful
0: um, at the Helen Hayes Performing Arts Center. Yes,
1: in Nyack, New uh Nyack, New York, and. Uh, I read that review and it said the definitive rendering of Herod
0: yes <gasps> that was the Times Mitchell. look at Josh my wow. in the
1: Times because um, they were so close they came up to and you know what the people that were in it
0: yeah mm-hmm. that
1: was lovely but that was the last one I actually read in real time uh, so I'm sorry I went off on that tangent Jesus Christ Superstar uh, made me sort of Go off on that tangent. Well,
0: um Well, we have to play our game with you that we okay. play with all of yes. our guests. Games, games. Game Has time. this been
1: interesting? Have I been babbling? Yes. Oh, are you kidding? No, You're this is so like, interesting. Like the yeah. last brook.
0: <laughs> and we're going we're gonna to have you back for parts two. and Oh, I love <laughs> parts two. Two. Through, two through 200. We'll have a series. Because I haven't even been silly or anything. We'll do a special record on Fire Island. Oh, I love oh, that. Yeah. Oh, Oh, that's yes, when I'm laid back. Yes. <laughs> laid out. <laughs> laid back. It's a lazy afternoon,
1: and the farmer weaves are weaving past the meadow cows or something. Yeah. <laughs> Zooming.
0: Um, well, okay, so. And the, the speckled game, trout. Yes. i moving upstream. I
1: mean, as that. we
0: dream. Did Lena ever sing that song? I've never sung it. No, has Lena Horn ever Oh, sung yes, she song? has. Okay, we'll insert that here <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in the episode. Um, well, okay, the game is you know, the famous game, Mary Fuck Kill. No, I don't. Well, mm. so that game would be, they would give you three people, and you would choose which one to marry, which one to fuck, and which one to eliminate. Oh, how
1: nice. So <laughs> our version, oh, how nice. it's a dream,
0: Control, it's yes. perfect for a Virgo, uh, is Dolly Concert Kill. So yes. we'll give you three performers, and you choose one to see as Dolly Levi and Hello, Dolly, one to see in a peak concert, and one to eliminate. Mm.
1: Okay, so I have to see someone as Dolly Levi. Yeah. Yes. Oh God!
0: No, we're gonna give you three, and you—it's multiple. Choice. Oh, you, yeah, and, yeah. and, and exactly. I get to choose. Yeah. You'll oh, this them is so much category. easier. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Oh, this is a good game, and it's,
0: you're perfect for it because it kind of writes itself. Right, right. It's Lena I mean, and Eartha, Eartha and, and, uh, and Judy. Judy, yeah,
1: sure. Oh God, I don't want any of them
0: to be dead. Well, the good news is they're all dead already, so you're that's not really right. killing anyone. That's true.
1: Okay, so someone has to be uh, someone has to be Dolly. And then we have to have a great concert? Yeah, Yeah.
0: peak career concert. Peak
1: career concert, and then...
0: Wow, that's hard. This is a hard
1: one. This is not right. It's not right. I can't do it. Um, (laughs) I can't do it because, oh God, this is not right. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Okay, because we, we spotlighted... Lena today, she can be
0: dead. All right, that seems very democratic.
1: Judy would have to be Dolly, Mm -hmm. but in, like, great shape.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And she could
1: do it. Oh, yeah. She could do it. And then I have to see a peak concert of uh, of Eartha May Kid.
0: Yes. Mm. And just because you are an expert, what what would be, or what era would you say would have been a peak Eartha concert?
1: Oh, anything in the... uh, Oh God, she was at her peak for so long, mm-hmm. and then even at the end. I like, mean, I saw her at the end, and yeah, she seemed
0: so yeah. peak to me. So, mm-hmm.
1: so this is this is this is difficult, but um, you know, any I, I'll have to give a range because she was so good for so long. I'll just say late fifties, mid to late fifties to early eighties. <laughs> Thank she you. really was Thank that good for that she, she would never. She just. She killed. She killed all the time. Nathan Lee Consistent. Graham,
0: you kill all the time. Yay! Yes, honey. <laughs> you. You are my my. Dolly concert only, never a kill.
1: I can't believe I killed Lena twice. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: but she had a very long career. She, she was did. the longest. 91. I should be happy. Yeah. I don't
0: think. I don't think Lena's sad. She doesn't get to trot out and do Dolly right. Levi yeah. for our enjoyment. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I
1: wonder if Judy was offered Dolly. She probably was. Well, at she some tried point.
0: to do Mame, right? Mm. And they. I right? think so. But yeah. Dolly, she was a little earlier, so maybe they had more. But they never had confidence in Judy. They were always right. writing her obituaries for. Yeah. Yeah. But she could have done it. Oh, for sure. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Well, we'd love to see you do it. We love totally. you. And you ha- we're going to have you back and get all the other stories. Yes. Thank you, Thank guys. Thank you, Nathan. You're so Nathan. lovely. Love you. You're lovely. The loveliest. Lovely. Thanks for listening to Ben Rimmelauer's Broken Records on Broadway World. For more episodes, visit Broadway World, iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever podcasts do be. (laughs) Come back next week for our chat with two-time Tony-nominated Broadway director and actor Michael Arden. Other upcoming guests include Gideon Glick and Charles Bush. This episode was edited by me, Daniel Nolan. Thanks to Emmy-winning composer and lyricist Lance Horn for the Broken Records theme song. Follow us both, Ben Remmelauer and Daniel Nolan, on all y'all's socials. That's Ben Remmelauer. B-E-N-R-I-M-A-L-O-W-E-R. And that's Nolan with an E, not Nolan with an A. Because Nolan with an A, isn't it?